Hey, peeps, this is Trish. I want to share something with you today. So back in the day when I was starting Spring OT, we had grown, we had some admin help, we had a therapist or two, and I had systems, let's put that in quotations, meaning I had like spreadsheets and Google Docs and more spreadsheets and a few emails. And finally, my therapist and my team, very small team, begged me to do something all under one umbrella. No more duct tape systems, they said, Trish. Please, please get a real system. So what did you do, Trish? Well, Ashley, let me tell you, <laughs> I always talk about time being precious and needing to buy back our time because we've only got two assets. We've got time is money and time is the most limited resource that we have. I'm on a mission to help OT entrepreneurs save that time, no more $10 tasks, so that you can use it for what really matters. And that is being the CEO of your company who can implement your growth. Only you can do that. Agreed. So, yeah, I know. I know you believe in this. So when you have systems in place, everything just falls into line. That chaos that you feel turns into order. The duct tape goes away. And you know, you become clear and have more control. So I want you, the listeners, to imagine what it would be like to have more time to pursue the ambitions and the mission and the impact that you want to have as you grow your OT business instead of just drowning in all those routine tasks. So you turned all that chaos into order and <laughs> yep. you got a system in place yep. and not just, you know, papers and Excel and duct tape, but you got an EMR that exactly. brought everything together. That is exactly why I built Therabyte for OTs just like you who are growing your business. And I know that that's a past version and a current version of you as you step back into working a little bit with clients. So uh, if you are still looking for that EMR to suit your needs, Therabyte is the EMR for OTs. So head over to therabyte.app to learn more about it. And if you want to hang out a little bit more with me, not only did I build the Therabyte, but I'm also guest coaching in Trisha's program, Road to 100K, until the end of June. We're so check that out, a, too. We're happy to have a systems expert in there. Thanks, Ashley. You're welcome, Trish. Take care. Therabyte.app. Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams. A Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. 
Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses, including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OT's Get Paid podcast, season two, episode three. As most of you know already, this season, we are focusing on sales and marketing. And like I said in the opening episode of this season, episode one, if you haven't heard it, go listen. I am here to show you why OTs can be the very best at this important business skill. So why am I so excited about today's episode? The shift is real, people. I know most of you out there are like, yep, I'm an OT. And most of your community and your peeps don't even get that. And then add, I'm an OT who owns a business and the confusion only grows. This point alone is why Laura Park Figueroa of Mind Your OT Business and I built the OT Entrepreneur Summit so that you can go online for the last two years. And this year in November, 2021, in person, you can be in a room full of people who just get you. Let me challenge you a little bit further. A few days ago, I went into our OTs Get Paid Facebook group and put up a poll. And I asked, how do you identify yourself as an OT who runs a business? We had a few different options. I won't read them all to you. There was varying, I'm an OT, but I even have trouble explaining what that is. I'm a CEO and I'm an OT business owner. And I was really surprised by the results. By far and away, if I did math, (laughs) I would tell you math was, but I don't do math. I would say over 80% don't identify with the term CEO, don't identify with just being an OT that's in clinical. They identify in the sweet spot of being an OT who owns their own business, which I found really fascinating. I kind of want to challenge you though. I kind of want to push you to, to own the title of CEO. I feel that it is imperative for OTs who are growing and scaling businesses to shift from working in your business to working on your business. And there has to be a title that reflects that. Maybe I'm going to get pushback. I don't know. And this next guest and I are going to talk about it. I feel that it's important to own that title of CEO because it's time to think strategically about all of the subsets of business that we need to be working on when we are working on our business. I propose that the term CEO allows us to really focus on those subsets. And for example, last season, the subset was you know revenue. That's financial. That's hugely important. This season, it's sales and marketing. Again, hugely important for you to find something 
that allows you to sit at 30,000 feet and take a look at your business. Why is that so hard for us? I don't know. Remember in the book, The E-Myth that I continually refer to, I think it's something like 75% of small business owners are technicians. This was written by Michael Gerber. There's the baker, there's the candlestick maker, there's Granny Grant. If you haven't heard episode three, go listen to Granny Grant. And there's the OT. And we are technicians. That's what Michael Gerber calls us. And we run darn good businesses at technicians. So do we then need to own that role of CEO? Should we change a title and, and come up with something on our own? Today's guest will have a ton to say on this matter. This guest has been a featured interview in the OT Entrepreneur Summit 2020, the inaugural OT Entrepreneur Summit in May of 2020, where we discussed how she grows and is growing a business using Medicare. Lots of that interview was content-based and theory-based. And to say she has made a shift and owns the title of CEO now is an understatement. A little bit more about my guest. She hails from the state to the south of me, if I were a state. <laughs> I'm not, I'm a province, but, and you have to cross the border. She is the parent of a gaggle of kids that she received into her family in multiple different ways. She has a gorgeous golden retriever dog named Opal, who I have a secret crush on. She always has a killer manicure. And you can often find her in the woods or reading a business book on her front porch. Hashtag front porch CEO series. And lastly, and most importantly, she always makes me laugh. Today, we're welcoming Erica Shoup. Welcome, Erica. I'm excited to be here. It's good to see your face. We'll have to include um, Large Marge, my new camper, as part of my CEO space, too. Okay. Does anybody else get a reference of Large Marge or are we aging ourselves with Pee Wee Herman? What the heck is Large Marge? He's a little bitty, tiny camper. (laughs) And I bought her kind of quasi on a whim a few weeks ago, and I'm going to put my logo on the back, and she's where I'm going to go hide in the woods now. So, I love it. Could Large Marge become a podcasting studio for you? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wireless. Before we just came on, we were talking about podcasting studios. Follow Erica's Instagram, because I think she put up something of the view of how she set up for today. You know, we're always transparent around here. Well, I will, and therefore, I have to include large margin in the intro. Very important. So let's jump in, in, Erica. Why don't you tell people exactly how you get paid? Meaning, tell us what you do and tell us about you. Okay. Well, I own Wild Roots Therapy, Inc. in Billings, Montana. And that was a part of a big rebrand um, close to four years ago, I guess now. And it has, been a real niche service. We primarily see families that have experienced trauma, lots of kiddos from the foster care system, lots of kiddos that have been adopted, kiddos with regulatory strategy difficulties, kids with autism in there as well. But for the most part, the bulk of our kiddos that we work with and the families that we work with have experienced trauma and started off Gosh, in 2018, I guess, with myself and one other OT. And people ask me now how many employees I have. And I'm like, I'm not really sure. Like I have to, like, I have to look at it, like think about our desks and like count. That's a good sign <laughs> when you have a big team. Have? 
do we have seven OTs, six OTs? I'm not sure. And then have moved into having, we've had counseling and that's in a shift right now. I've hired my husband in the last year. And then we've hired our first speech therapist and we're actually interviewing for another speech therapist right now. So in the last six months, I've really moved into full-time CEO instead of doing therapy so much and just jumping into that role and realizing that that needs to be what I am doing. And that's actually what I'm probably better at. I'm not, I'm not great at follow through. I'm not great at keeping my head on one kid and making sure I have all these tasks going forward because I have so many other things to do. So I joke and say, I'm not the best therapist here. So thank goodness I hire the best therapists. So I'm primarily the CEO at this point in time for about the last six months. I want to circle back to how you spend your CEO time and talking about what we talked about the in the intro, which is owning that title. And I also want to acknowledge what you just said, because I hear that from a lot of OC entrepreneurs. Like, it's really interesting, those of us that provide a service in our OT businesses, that a lot of, I mean, I knew I was a really good therapist and I thought that was my great skill. And then I started running businesses and I was like, oh, heck, I'm actually better at this. And I've said the same thing over and over. I hired people who were better than me. And I think it's quite amazing that I hear that revelation from so many OT entrepreneurs that, you know, obviously they're delivering great quality service as therapists or else they wouldn't have been able to start anything, right? It wouldn't have stuck. And yet they, you know, I'm going to have to come up with a series called The Accidental Entrepreneur or something. People that like backed into the CEO role and then found out that they like 100% loved it and are thriving on it. And that's what we want to focus about you today too. But before we start there, I always ask guests, you know, what is that fist on the table moment? What was that moment that made you say, oh, there's got to be a better way and made you decide to start Wild Roots? I don't know that I have a single moment like that. I think I ignored about a (laughs) hundred. Got it. Until a piano fell on you? Literally, literally. So I had an employee give their notice. I fired an employee and my nanny quit one week. Yeah. One week. And I was like, well, I've been waiting for a sign. (laughs) This is your sign. Your sign. Yeah. And that was it. I think I cried for six weeks because I'm like, oh gosh. I don't like having a plan B. Okay, plan B just needs to be plan A and just rolling with what my wheels had been turning anyways. But the real real push to that, that I was even willing to accept that sign from the universe was a really trusted colleague was speaking to me one day and she said, you can't see all the kids I'm sending you. Like you Mm -hmm. you can't see these kids. You can't make the impact that you're wanting to make Mm -hmm. one hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Hire some people, train some people. What are you doing? And oh, I could train people. Yeah, I could train people. Let's do that. And just, so, just having a, just one or two professional colleagues believe in me and give me that mm-hmm. that little spark of you know how do you make this bigger? You, yeah. you personally can't make it bigger is what I needed. And then when the piano fell, so those exactly. two things maybe at the same time. I love it. You know, and it's often like again one of the things I love about wearing this hat and doing this podcast is introducing people to new ideas. So if it's not that trusted colleague down the road in Billings, Montana, maybe it's this podcast that says there's actually different business models that exist that so many of us didn't know about. And one of them is to take in the business world, they call it an agency style, which is what you're doing. And additionally, the other thing I love that you said was it was about making an impact. So the brand is OTs get paid and I want you to make money. And yet 
women don't want money typically to fill their coffers. We can talk about this some more too. I know you know this, right? But it's a highlight. Like you're talking about using money for impact and freedom so you can hang out more with large March. <laughs> oh my goodness. If anybody has heard of the, like go into the OTs Get Paid Facebook group and let us know if you know what we're talking about for large March because we really are dating ourselves in a great way that I support. Okay, Erica, what percentage of time? So now we're going to talk about the CEO role, which is really the part of sales and marketing today that I'm highlighting. And it is integral because, as I said in the introduction, you need to manage sales and marketing as a CEO and along with a lot of other bits. So tell me more about pulling out of working in your business to working on your business. And tell me a bit about how you spend your time in the different roles of a CEO. Okay. I think the first big mind shift piece I had to have is I really thought if I wasn't seeing a patient, I wasn't working. Yeah, totally. So when I did a time audit at one point in time, I was like, I'm working like 60 hours a week if I count all of these CEO things on top of a full caseload on top. It's like, what do you, what I am working? I'm working way more than I want to be working. I just need to shift on what I value as work and what is, you know, what is my job? What, what goes under my job title? So I actually have written myself a new job title and job description, which is super helpful. Mm-hmm. I didn't want my staff to think um, mm-hmm. my amazing team that I wasn't pulling my weight or my dad. <laughs> so dad. That, that's a fun mind shift of just, you know, what does the owner need? What is the CEO? What is their job title? And what, what falls underneath that, I guess. So yeah. having to really shift into what that looks like. So we, one thing that we do on a monthly basis is we host providers, primarily doctors, psychologists in our office for dinner. I never thought about that as work. You know, the setup, the ordering the food, the networking, the connecting, the getting it planned, the getting it set up, the time that was spent there. And I was like, that ends up being, it's eight hours. I mean, it's a big chunk of time. So that's a work day. Hey, it's Trish. Now that I've got your attention, I wanted to tell you about something that we are really excited about here at OTs Get Paid. This month, we are kicking off our formal, systemic, organized, planned, woohoo, referral program. With every referral of somebody that you bring to us that purchases one of our two signature programs, Road to 100K and 100K Club, we give you money. We're leaning into it. We're leaning into our brand and we're going to get you paid. At this point, we are offering $400 for people who refer someone who enrolls in our 100K Club mastermind and $250 for somebody that enrolls in our Road to 100K program. But we're not stopping there. Your referred member will also get access to a bonus Q&A Zoom call every month that we are doing just for new referred members with our coaches. It's going to be Q&A, ask the coach anything. How are you going to do this? The best way to do this is to connect with us via email or through DMs. We're keeping it really simple for right now. And we're saying, hey, here's their deets. Do you want us to call them? Are they going to get in touch with us? And as long as you mention each other, we will connect you and let our system wheels spin and they will get their bonuses and you will get yours. And I want to remind you, we are a company with a mission. It is to bring more wealth to more female OT entrepreneurs because we know what women do with money. 
They use it to better their families and they use it to better their communities. So for every dollar that we generate here at OTs Get Paid every year, we give away 1% of our gross income to Dress for Success, which is a charity, an organization that's dedicated to empowering women towards financial independence. I hate to use the term win-win-win. Somebody has a better one. Please let me know. But we don't want you to keep those benefits to yourself anymore. We want your referral partner to win. We want you to win. And of course, we have a social agenda here at OTs Get Paid. <laughs> What's it even counting as a workday? And that's actually really, really important. Having those relationships and connecting people to one another. These are all different agencies that show up. And I kind of get to be like a neutral that they can come to when they're not representing their facilities that they're at. So that is fabulous that I get to do that. And I consider that part of my job. Now, now you do. Or before I never would have considered that part of my job or even just creating systems, creating processes, working with my team on skills, all of those pieces, like that's more important than me seeing a kiddo individually. So tell me, let's not, let's not jump then into the numbers. Tell me, and we will get there, but tell me really how you made that shift because anybody listening Again, something I hear on the regular. And it's like a deep groove. It's like deep-seated in our souls as people that provide a service. How do we move past that we're not really working unless we're working in our business versus on, on our business and CEO tasks? How did you make that shift? Right. Um, well, COVID. Sure. <laughs> what a gift. What a gift. If that goal pandemic was, um, we shifted into teletherapy basically over a three-day weekend. I'm the only one on our team right now that has kids. So I suddenly had kids at home, one of whom wasn't at her best at that point in time either and needed a lot of extra trying to do all of the business type pieces now from my house, my team's from their house. So that I basically removed myself from my patients at that time and handed them off to my clinicians to make sure that they had full schedules because my number one priority was everyone gets paid through this. It doesn't matter. You're getting paid. So hand over my kids. Everyone took a little bit to, you know, make up for maybe some of their kids that weren't going to do teletherapy. And that was my first initial step back. Mm -hmm. And then it, I kind of went back in with seeing so many kids a day or so many kids per week, et cetera. And then this summer I took myself off the schedule again entirely. And I said, I'm a floater. If anybody needs to be out for the week, I'm you. If you need to be out for the day, I'm you. And we didn't really need to use me for that purpose, but that was probably the final pull out of, I am really busy and I'm not seeing 20 little bodies this week. And things go a lot smoother when I'm focused on all of the CEO tasks and not um, jumping on the trampoline. Well, I love that business idea, by the way. I've never heard of it with the owner being a floater or having somebody as a floater. I think that's genius. And I'm curious, I'm going to dig a little deeper. I'm curious because we know neurology and we know that neural pathways are hard to shift. So I understand COVID. What prevented you from going back into that very well-worn neural pathway of, oh, now I now I'll just do all the extras again. Like I know what it is to work on my business and I will also take on half a caseload. Like what really stopped you? I think um, I had so much time alone and away at that point in time that that's really where I jumped into what I refer to as my Barnes and Noble MBA. <laughs> 
<laughs> or can we call it the chapters MBA up here in Canada? We don't have right, 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 okay. right, right. Okay. Or wherever right. you are. Okay. Bookstore, bookstore. Bookstore uh, MBA. That is it's perfect. And started doing a lot of journaling and just reading. And so I set really silly goals. Like I'm going to read a book a week. I, you know, I can't mm-hmm. go to yoga. I can't go do this. Like what am I going to do with my free time? Bake. always bake. So just diving really into that and picking apart the pieces of financial thoughts that I had and how to make Mm -hmm. things move and just jumping into that and recognizing that there's so many more things that I need to put into place as we grow and scale. Mm -hmm. And I cannot do that if I'm distracted by seeing kiddos. And is that fair to kiddos to see if I'm distracted? Got it. So I'm hearing it now. I, I I don't think I followed you the first time. And now I'm hearing that just downtime alone because you had shifted everybody off your caseload to ensure that your staff was getting paid. Plus the extra time you had on your hands by not going out to dinner or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever you're doing, (laughs) billings on a Saturday night, you know, you had that time and therefore, okay, I'm hearing it. So therefore you started to implement more working on your business and in your business. And all of a sudden you actually, like, was it pretty immediate that you began to see the benefit of that for your company? I think so. And I think that I found all of a sudden that I enjoyed it because I would not have said that I enjoyed any of that previously. Yeah, Yeah, me neither. Another task that I had to do outside of working with the kids, which was way more fun, but I found out that I'm good. I'm good at some other things and the things that I'm not good at, like I'm, I'm really okay with that. I'm almost 44. So I'm like, and you get a job now, bookkeeper, and you get a job. And so proud. Asking more questions and meeting with my financial advisor guy and writing in these page emails. And he's like, are you listening to podcasts? What are you doing? So seeing that I could also be good at those things, a lot of things that I didn't think that I could be good at, and even just people management and managing a team and having things organized and looking to the future and planning and plotting, I hadn't recognized that those are skills that I have. Yeah. And so that was really rewarding too, to not feel frazzled and pulled in a million directions and also yeah. successful. Yeah. So you could create a new neural pathway by the time, by the results. And plus in true accidental entrepreneur form, you found, I mean, you just had to throw yourself in and you found that you actually loved it. And there was parts that you were wonderful at. That is great. So let's dig into a bit of that time because I want people to leave with a bit of a tangible. So tell me about the different roles that you play as a CEO and what percentage of your time is spent there. That was tricky when I was trying to figure that out. You sent that um, earlier in the week. and I, I did. Like, it's a plant oh, question. Yeah. I don't really know. So I think right now I'm probably spending about a third of my time still on team management yeah. and team recruitment kind of thing. I hired two OTs that are brand new grads. They are, went full-time July, August, maybe, right around right now. So working with them, working with my other team to make sure that they're getting the support that they need, making sure that their schedules are being filled with the right kids, helping them write and learn all of that. So that's about a third of my time probably Mm -hmm. right now. And I love that. I love working with my team, spending time with them, building up our culture, seeing what direction things need to go, where they need support, et cetera. I love it. So I'm doing that probably with about a third of my time. And then I don't really know that I can say anything else has a big chunk. I feel like Mm -hmm. everything else has a little bit of a chunk, you know, Mm -hmm. sales and marketing. Uh, For us, we don't really do a lot of marketing. I Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a content creator of any 
Mm-hmm. you know, kind at this point in time, my marketing is mostly taking care of my providers. You know, what are my providers here in town? What are they asking for me? Oh no, that was an emergency. They sent me a text, you know, get this kiddo in doing our monthly meetup dinner with them. I was going to say that's attraction marketing 101. Like that's, I mean, it's service. That's why I think OTs should be the best ever at this because you're providing a wonderful service for your providers. And yet if we're being, you know, blunt, it's also an attraction marketing piece. So that eight hours is marketing. Right. Well spent. So Doing that, some new product development, I have I have ideas that have been sitting there for 12 months that really need to be actioned on for product development. I did go do some consulting yesterday and met with a new organization that we haven't worked with yet. And that's a whole new window that opened and connections were made. So that will start happening. I do have a presentation next week. All of those things are coming together, but I do want to create some evergreen type products for our new parents and even my new staff, quite honestly. So that product development needs to really amp up here as fall hits. That will probably happen. And then just the, like the finances piece, the, the admin, all of that kind of stuff is just, you know, here and there as it needs to be. I've outsourced a ton of that piece so I don't have to do it. I mean, gosh, 18 months ago, I was trying to look through all the referrals and give them a score. Oh, I remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and didn't it involve a large binder? <laughs> it was like a three-inch binder. With a massive amount of paper. <laughs> it is now a drawer. Okay, that's that's so I think what people are referring you can hear that I know Erica well. Erica and I did work together in a coaching relationship for quite a while. <laughs> so that's why I'm hearkening back to some olden days. And now it's a drawer. So now I have to put my coach hat on and say, good for you, it's a drawer. <laughs> It's, well, it's because it's so you can't handle that many binders. So now it's a drawer <laughs> by age and by month of referral. But I'm not looking at that. Like that is not my problem anymore. There's no way I can look at all of these referrals and the hardships that the kids have gone through and try to decide who gets an appointment. My office manager is doing most of that. And we have, we're back and forth so much too. And she knows my, my team so well that she can kind of read and be like, oh, this is a good kid for so-and-so. And they happen to have a Tuesday. So that's off my plate. And that is incredible. It is not my strong suit. Yeah. So, you know, just before you continue, I think what I want to back up and, and have the listener understand is that that is a system and it is also sales. So different OTs, businesses have different sales and marketing challenges at different times. And you are in the scale phase. You are past growth. You are definitely learning how to scale your business. And that's very different sales and marketing challenge than a startup. A startup, you're just hustling for the business and trying to close the business. You have a tsunami of business. And that's a great problem to have. It's still a problem for the company, right? It's still an issue. So you looked at, I just don't want people to think that sales and marketing is just about hustling. You know, you have an attraction and marketing piece, which is really that top of the funnel. And we're going to be talking about funnels in another episode so that you have a clear idea of what I'm saying. And then it's kind of trickles down into them being customers. And again, sales, so marketing is, you know, where you invite them to the door or you bring them to the door and then sales is where you invite them in. You don't need a lot of extra skill in your marketing and in your sales. You do need a system to organize, and that can be delegated. So companies that are your size, and we'll talk more about income and revenue and and stuff soon, companies that are your size, they do need to start outsourcing sales and marketing. And we had had a conversation with a dissatisfied customer yesterday. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's not that typical, eh? 
So it's not, but no, um, that's not usually an OT business problem. Tell us more. Um, well, it's a crazy time of year for everyone. I believe this, yeah, back yeah. To this is September. Yeah. We're, we're oh. recording this beginning of September. Yeah. Back to school for us. And we give it a couple week head start. Like we start like the first week of August. So you've yep. learned that by a lot of trial and error, but rescheduling and getting 220 ish kids in for appointments and scheduling for two new therapists. I mean, it's, it's a lot mm-hmm. going on, a lot. And our coordination with one family wasn't great. And also Google takes everyone to this suite that I'm sitting in, which is not where we see kids. Mm-hmm. So stop Google every time you know, we tell people the, the correct, correct suite, but they, you know, they end up here. So, you know, just some of that making things smooth and we've moved to being able to email paperwork to families ahead of their first appointment. But if it's really a uh, short notice and maybe it's the next morning and someone doesn't get to it, you know, you're still getting a stack of paper products. So this family didn't receive the streamlined ish approach that we are striving for, honestly, partly because it's the time of year, partly because it was kind of short notice Mm -hmm. and that's just where we are. So she's given us another chance. So we'll see how that goes. But yes. And I feel like my, the marketing, I've really had to change my idea of what marketing is in my head, in my head as well, because I market to my staff, mm-hmm. my team, I market to them all the time. I want them to know that what I'm selling them here at the office is dynamic. It's going to change. I hope to meet their needs. I'm working hard for them. So they're one of the people that I market for a lot. I market for our providers, you know, making sure that they think the product that we're providing is great. And then I also market for families. I want Every family that comes here, I want them to be comfortable referring us to a friend or family member. Yeah. So and you're doing that through quality. So you're not actually reaching, you're not actually hustling for new people in the door. I mean, you're trying to, yeah, you're doing it through quality and through managing your team, which is so wonderful. You know, I have a quick question because it's a podcast that's coming up in the future. And then I want to talk income and revenue. Does your team know how to sell? I think that they do. I think that we have, we talk about our proven process and we have like a little, you know, pretty great because I want everything to be pretty. Because now um, you're all about frameworks in Canva. <laughs> so, so much framework, just kind of cultural pieces, how we want families to feel when they walk in. One of our things is like, we're a high touch service industry. Like you were giving us your baby. And I'm a mom. I know what that means to have someone trust you with their baby. So if you're not comfortable standing within about four feet of me, then we're not close enough that you want to give me your baby. So, you know, so how can people and families feel comfortable enough with us? They'll hand us their kid. It's a trust level. So I feel like that's a skill that we work on a ton, Mm -hmm. but you know how, you know, even our interns the first day that show up, I'm like, when you're talking to the kids, you know, we're talking to a parent and a parent is sitting down, you're coming down too. you know, just all of those soft kind of pieces. And just talking about our process of like, you know, here's what we see very consistently with the kiddos that come in A, Mm -hmm. B, and C. Here's the things that we start with. This is what we do in the middle. This is what we do when we get to this point. So I feel in that way, they're selling our, what we refer to as our, you know, our process, our proven process for reaching kids and families. So I hope that they feel versed in that. Um, Yeah. Well, and I love, I love that you're recognizing that sales comes in all forms. You're not like, Hey guys, this is how we like open and close. And, and you're also, you know, you're not a you're not taking all private pay. So it's different, right? It is different in terms of, I mean, people that take your level of insurance still always have another option and billings, you know, has other clinics. You're not, you know, 
it's not you by default. It's you because you've won the business. And then teaching your team how to retain that business through quality and the ability to use a visual framework to show a patented process, then it, you know, I've actually just started to build a framework for OTs get paid. Well, I've built it and I'm going to be introducing it more. And so I'm, you know, I'm hyper listening now because I totally resonate with why frameworks are so important for so many levels of business. So I think that's great. And I think that that really helps us to move between therapists. If someone's out for a few days, Mm. the kiddos and their families recognize everyone that's in the building for the most part. We all start things the same. We all talk about the same things. We're not all over the place with our thinking or how we work. Mm. So that consistency between all of us is something that I really um, strive for too, just even just with our education. And this week I started on a first 90 days list of what I want all new employees to have read, to have done, et cetera, in their first 90 days and then in their first year, just to make sure that that consistency of us as a product is consistency. It's consistent. And you use the word product too, and you are a service, right? But you're trying to make it as standardized as you can in terms of the art and science of therapy, which I love. Yeah, your ability to manage a team, your ability to create a culture, your ability to guide people through a system that creates safety and security for everybody, your your clients and your team. It's like one of your superpowers. I love it. I love it. It's alive. Zombie. Monster invasion. The socks that live in my 20-year-old son's soccer kit. Nope, it's the OT Entrepreneur Summit Live. After hosting two online virtual summits in 2019 and 2020, with over 300 attendees, OT entrepreneurs just like yourself, we are ready to break out from behind these screens and share some hugs and some in-person connection. We listened to our audience of the past two years and we heard OT entrepreneurs don't really want more content. We heard you loud and clear and we are building the event of your dreams. An event that's based on rest, an event that's based on play, on events that's based on sun. Okay, maybe that was Laura's in my dream. An event that's based on connection and time to work on your business. My co-host Laura Park Figaro and I have created the space and all you need to do is show up. Put yourself into the room, put yourself into that space to learn and grow and expand your OT business and as an OT entrepreneur CEO. Want to see which of your online OT business besties has legs? Me too. We will see you in Boca Raton, Florida on November 12th to November 14th, 2021. Go to the OT Entrepreneurs Summit page, linked in our show notes. See you then. Okay, so let's move on a bit to income and impact goals for your company, where you're at and where you're headed to, because I'm sure people by now that are listening are thinking, how does Erica 
like what, what actual income is happening? Like that's a huge team. What is, what's coming in the door? What are the expenses? What kind of revenue is happening? How is she paying her team so well? So I'm opening the floor for you to, to talk about that. Well, I had never thought about my, what I was doing as a private practice for 11-ish years as a business. You know this. I mean, I was like eight, nine years in. I was like, oh, I have a business. Well, right. That's what I love about that OTs get paid Facebook poll because that's the thing. Like, same with me. I mean, same with so many of us. And I was really curious to see how many people felt the same way. And then, you know, in terms of how they can identify, it's, I think getting to business owner in people's head is a big deal. Right, right. So it's so funny to think about. So just even this last couple of years, it's like, I have a business. Like, I have to look at this like it's a business. And Yuck. <laughs> you're screwing up your little nose right now. I can so just giving people the visual. You're like, I'm not yuck well, face. That? Like, yep. who's, who's in charge of this part? So that has been, <laughs> that has me. been really, right. It's me or whoever <laughs> I pay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that has been a really hard shift for me too. And I'm in the helping industry. Putting numbers to that makes me feel yicky. Like, you know, that's not okay. You know, we're just helpers. Well, we're not just helpers. So shifting my mind into, yes, we are helpers. And that is our number one, like just value driven. We are here to help and impact our community and our families, et cetera. But shifting me, I had to shift into, yes, but it's also my job to make sure that my team is managed in a way so that they can continue to be helpers. So if you're stressed about your finances, you're not a good helper. If you don't have pay time off to take care of yourself, you're not a helper. If you're not, you know, saving for the future, you, you know, you're not a helper. And then that's my responsibility. So shifting to, okay, how do I generate more revenue to make sure that my team is less stressed and therefore can pour into their own families, the families that we work with, and then our community. How do I do that? How do I how do I balance that all out? And that is tricky. But I'm an Enneagram three with the wing two is the helper. So I'm like, well, whatever it is, I'm gonna do it in a competitive way. I'm gonna make it happen. So I'm so excited that this year everyone that is eligible for contributing to our 401k and matching is doing it. Like women are, I can't remember what the statistics was in the uh, Rachel Rogers book, but talking about how women are 80 or 90% more likely to be impoverished in retirement. That's not okay. Not okay. So next week, actually, we have a fellow female, can I say badass? Um, sure, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> oh, wait, let me check. Who's the po- who's in charge of the podcast around here? Didn't we, isn't this thematic? Oh, wait, it's me. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, go right ahead. She is coming to present to us just about finances and balancing student loans with saving for the future and all of that kind of thing. So I have her coming to talk to our team and I'm doing a little catered lunch and everything next week. So shifting into finances as a tool, not as just a number, has been huge for me. It's a tool to serve my family. It's a tool to serve the people that work for me and their families. And it's a tool to serve our community too. I've, I do more donations now. I'm yeah. hoping that my staff can make donations, um, all of it. So it's a tool. It's not the root of all evil. It's, and I can't remember who the quote is by. It might be Will Smith it talks about money just shows you more of who you are. You mean my Will Smith, my secret crush Will Smith? My secret boyfriend that he doesn't know he should have married me instead of Jada all those years ago, that Will Smith? I think it is. So we can Google that. But, you know, and if 
having more demonstrates more of your values. Great. Because those Mm -hmm. values are giving back to others. I'm fine with that. So then what is your, because I can see two pathways we can take this. We can take this kind of into the like abundance giving, using it as a tool pathway. And I also know that there's strategists out there right now that are listening and saying, how the heck does Erica make enough money to afford all of this. So maybe you could give me some insight into how you, what is, what are the important, the most important ingredients to get that revenue coming in, to make money in the business that you have? The first thing that I kind of looked at was, okay, we have to have full schedules. And I don't demand this huge, you know, 95% productivity. We're not seeing kids every 45 minutes or anything like that, but we have to have full schedules. So what does that look like? A, we have good relationships with our families. So they try to make their appointments. You know, we move to a text system with our EMR that texts them to remind them about their appointments or emails them, whichever they prefer. So that helps. If somebody has a cancellation, we have families that were like, hey, I know you love to double up. Want to come in at two? Sure. And they pop in. So having a reasonable caseload that we can keep full is super helpful. We couldn't do what we do with a huge cancellation rate for sure. We have to keep bodies in seats. And then also I've done a little bit of balancing this last year with our insurance providers. At times, if I don't watch it, we can dip into about 90% uh, Medicaid, mm-hmm. which isn't a horrible rate for Montana. So it yeah, was- I was just going to ask about the rate for Montana because I think that's a part of it, right? You've done, you've crunched your numbers. So, you know, I've crunched our numbers. So I know that I can pay my team a good wage. I can pay for my lights. <laughs> Can keep, <laughs> I can keep large march yep. in there. I can keep mm-hmm. all the things that we need to do. I mean, but there's not a lot of extra cushion. Mm-hmm. So that really gets to the problems where I looked at that and I was like, all right, if we just operate at 80 to 90% kiddos with state pay, there's no wiggle room. Okay. So how do I balance that out a little bit? And because yeah. I've added team members, I can still say, oh my gosh, we saw 220 kids last week and 150 of them were kids that are on Medicaid, mm-hmm. but those other 40, 50, 60 that came in that had other insurance that bumps us up just enough so that we can do those extra things. So Got I it. keep my eye on that, not yeah. closely, yeah. but for the first time ever, I actually had my eye on it. That's a big deal. That's where a bookkeeper really helped me as well and still does with my business model, which is now all private pay. Most of my clinic was all private pay. However, it's just highlighting the like what percentage you need to be at in order to hit some basic goals and then hit some bigger goals. And do you find that that's hard to manage or easy to manage? Because it seems like you've got this great balance that that pressure doesn't fall on therapist's shoulders. I think it, that we're managing it pretty good now between myself and our office manager, who's doing quite a bit of the scheduling of, I can kind of look at things and look at numbers and I'm, I'm keeping more track on a weekly and monthly basis and be like, Hey, if you happen to see some high needs kids that have some private insurance, I'd love to throw a few of those on the schedule right now. Great. Um, and you, or- you don't have to do much to attract those people. Like it's not like you have to hustle to fill those particular spots that are more profitable for your business. No. And I think that some of that has come just through reputation building. I think that right. we have a solid reputation in our community and we aren't seen as, you know, 
that's where the people who can't pay go or people that yeah. don't have, you know, that don't have insurance through an employer or anything like that. I don't think that that's how people see us. Yeah. I think they see that we provide a high quality service. And then we do have some providers that refer to us from doctor's offices that are more of a private insurance situation. Yeah. So that ends up filling those slots a little bit more. And so does it briefly, I don't want to go down this too much, but what I hear, and as a helper, so we have a reverse Enneagram, I'm a two wing three. So I'm like helper first, you know, action person second. And I have always been so pleased when, like, I feel that's a gift that the universe gave me because it doesn't make me feel money hungry. It doesn't make me feel like I'm this crazy raging capitalist that's trying to break down the you know construct of helping. I'm like, Hey, I'm legitimately a helper first. So I'm going to sit in that and feel pretty peaceful about it. And the three in me is also going to like rattle some cages. Like let's figure this out. People. Do you feel as though there's less is guilt, the right word, less guilt or more peace knowing that you can serve a wide variety of people that there's like people that are on the lower income scale and people that can pay you privately. And that all works out for you. So there was another struggle that I had, and we actually discussed it at our last provider's dinner that we had at the office. I said, if mm-hmm. I'm only allowing families to come in that have had all of this t- terrible trauma or kids are in foster care, et cetera, and I know I have really good clinicians, that's not fair mm-hmm. to the banker married to the lawyer who's struggling with their kiddo. Mm-hmm. Why would I say they, sorry, no room for you. You can go over here when I'm like, oh no, everyone should have access to my amazing therapists. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that, that was really, I had to, I really had to battle with myself about that, which is just silly. And then I've, I've actually reworded some of our forms and everything too, because you know, trauma, 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 when people hear that, and I'm looking at some of these families and I'm like, you have with intent and planning done everything that you could with this kiddo mm-hmm. and things have still gone sideways and you still need our help. This wording needs to be changed mm-hmm. so that, you know, we're working on regulatory skills that are based on things that are largely out of your hands, but yeah, just mindset mindset shifts all around about all of that. Like, you know, if I know I'm providing something great and we've had some great messages from moms of, I have FOMO, I I'd love to get in. And I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) I'll let you in, but you're not our typical clientele. (laughs) You dreaded lawyer, you. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting how you flip that because so many people have like the OTs that I hear from don't typically have that issue. It's more like, the way that I can keep this place afloat is by all private pay, all access to high income earners, high educators. And that feels icky to me. So it's interesting. Everybody's feeling icky at some point. And so, you know, try to (laughs) all the time. And so I love that you're an example of that, even coming from a business model that a lot of people don't have that's almost flipped on its ear. So let's talk about what your goals are in terms of revenue based on where you are now and where you want to get to? My goals for next year for this, where we headed into 22 are just to put so many systems into place Mm -hmm. to see if we really streamline and we have the bodies that I want to have in our space, in our space, and we're streamlined and everyone is maxing out their retirement and everybody has all these weeks off, you know, what will that look like? And so I keep crunching numbers and I was just like, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I was like, 
we can do really well and I can really support everyone really well. And then I can crush some crazy off the wall, five-year goals that I have. So I think in Rachel Rogers book, she talks about, you know, 2% of female led businesses hit seven figures and I'm doing all the numbers. And I was like, Oh, we can do that. And what can we do with that? You know, it's, it's there's not gonna be a fan. There's no jets. Um, <laughs> but again, in that, in that book, which is really a great mindset set shift for, I think probably anybody, but definitely women that are in those roles is guys have no problem running entire Instagram accounts of their entire lives based on the fact that look at me, I've made all this money. I and have I'm a jet. I married a model. All I do is work out. I work two days a week and everyone is like, yeah. Mm-hmm for you, buddy. Yet a female CEO is like, Ooh, I want my business to hit seven figures because I want my staff to be investing. I want to send them to all fly them to the best courses. I want to be able to buy this retreat property. Why do I feel uncomfortable about that? Like, I don't why know. do you? I don't know. And I think it's probably a generational, I mean, a really generational thing. A lot of us, I mean, my mom couldn't have bought a house on her own. Mm-hmm. I don't, she's going to take it out alone. I mean, I, I think the, the law for equal lending was passed a few years before I was born. Yeah. So I mean, I'll be 44 and I, mean, I don't feel that old, but I was like, wait, <laughs> when my mom was 17, she still couldn't buy a car on her own. And I was, you know, I go and buy things all the time on my own and actually employing my husband right now, full-time, I'm the, the breadwinner of the house. And you still go into places and like, can we run your, can we run your husband's credit on this? Like, you know, yeah, I make mean, you're not, you're not, you're just gonna, we're just gonna work with me, but that's not the system that we live in yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Half the Sky is a great book. And I don't know it. Oh, it's fabulous. And there's, I think there's a, like a little mini series on Netflix too. And the whole premise of that is if we give to women, if we help women across cultures, across continents, if we invest in their businesses, help them have startups, help them with this, where do, where, what do women do with that? They provide for their families and their kids' health and their kids' education. And then when that's covered, they start providing for other families' kids' health education, community building, et cetera. Yeah. So why don't we get comfortable with women doing the best that they can if that's what we're going to do with it? I mean, that even, that was kind of a, just a, one of those great things. You're right. This isn't jets yeah. and guys with muscles. And I guess there's nothing wrong with that, right. but that's not why I'm sitting in schools. And that's right. not what that will bring to my life or the team or the families that we get to impact at all. So so the goal is to inhabit this seven-figure business owner, which you're just the person to do it, and then continue to use that money for impact within the collective. And when I talk about the collective, I talk about OTs leading OTs. That's a biggie. That's, I mean, part of the OT Entrepreneur Summit. And it's also beyond, right? Beyond our families, to your teams, to your community, et cetera. And I know you have more specific goals around that. Do you want to talk a little bit about those now? Like what you want to do with your big, hairy, audacious goals in five years? Well, part of it has been that we, I like to escape from Montana every year. And so what I started noticing is that there's, you know, a lot of people escape from Montana and Canada. Well, we are Northern people. It gets cold. We need to find some warmth. 
the birds are already showing in odd ways right now. I'm concerned about this year. So I started doing and looking around at what people are doing when they run away. You know, do we need to run away and have a reset? I do. Last year, I ran away for two and a half weeks, totally reset, came back a whole new human being. It was fabulous throw myself hundred percent to what I'm doing again. But a lot of people run away to work on themselves. They go to yoga retreats, they go do this, they go do that. So I really have in my head, you know, how could I use running away? How could I invest in running away? How could I let other people invest in running away in a more affordable manner? And how can they use that for, again, the bigger good? You know, can we offer up, uh, you know, if we buy property and there's room for eight people there, do we offer this up to friends and family? Absolutely. Do we also offer it up to counselors who are notoriously poorly paid and definitely need to run away? Free. You can use my house. My bare minimum cost for the, the week is this. Do you want to have families come and do like an intensive? Do you want them to come and we can do yoga? We can work on neurosequential model therapeutics. We could do an OT eval. Let's do some counseling, throw in some EMDR if we feel like we need to and be in a beautiful healing spot at the same time. So I don't know what that'll look like, but it yeah. is a crazy five-year goal that I've put into the universe that could, would be useful and make me happy. So when's the last time you didn't hit a goal? Well, let me see. I'm trying not to eat gluten again, because it's awful on my joints and I had pizza and a hamburger yesterday. All right, then you're just a human being. You're still a human being. I am swollen up. My (laughs) joints. It's not video. (laughs) My joints, my eyes. Um, All right. You're just a person. Yes. And that's been really incredible, Trish. And I've worked with business coaches for about the last three years. And my husband laughs and calls it my dream journal. And I think it says, chase your crazy dreams or something in the front. And he kind of mocks me, but not really because he knows he's like, oh no, did that go in the book? (laughs) Because that I'm all in systems. How's this going to go? What's that? I'm cutting down our paychecks. Like, (laughs) What do we need to do? So I don't know if I write it down. I'm going to figure it out. I'm a three. I'm going to competitiveness myself into meeting my own goals. <laughs> I remember seeing that book for the first time. And I remember suggesting to you, I think like, oh, I have the CEO report where you can organize or let's build this template strategic plan where you can organize. And it was like trying to corral, you know, a galloping horse. You were like, no, the book works. Actually, you kept Am I remembering this correctly? It was hard for you. You were so busy that it was hard to go back to the book. Yes. And so then I did have a little bit just in like my day timer. That's right. I have your little CEO report, like check in with yourself. Everything it's in the front of that. So I do kind of look at that and I write things down. I keep track of things in my little, I'm ordering myself a prettier prettier journal for Christmas. Definitely. So I still do do that and do those little check-ins and write things down and look and trying to look at more numbers and systems now in that. But if I have like a weekend or an afternoon, it's big book time. Yeah. (laughs) Big book time. Yeah, I remember trying to suggest a system that was clearly not your style. And I quickly learned that exactly what you said. If you write things down, no matter where you do it, you you get them done, which is just an amazing superpower. Tell me a little bit more about resources. You mentioned business coaching. Let's dive in a little bit more to your favorite resources that kind of help you grow as a CEO. I mean, you're a role model, so I really want people to see what you've used that has been so helpful. If I sit down to watch a show, I fall asleep. Okay. So there's that little tidbit about me. So I don't watch things. Usually if I watch three hours of a show during a week, my husband's like, look at us. 
watching something. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Two seconds. I'm out. So I read and I listen to podcasts constantly. And this year, of course, because I'm Again, this is, it's like not even healthy this year. I was like, I'm going to spend a thousand hours outside and I'm going to chart it on this coloring sheet. Oh yeah. I've seen those. <laughs> I keep putting mine up on my Instagram because I'm like, maybe that's it. where I've seen it. Maybe it's yours. I have obsessive disorder. It's and okay. then I'm also I support you. keeping track of all the books that I've read too, and just writing those down into to a Google doc, because I was like, if I didn't, I, I'm constantly wanting to learn and grow, but if yeah, I don't, I gotta make it a goal. So it was a goal and it's written down this year. So I would just say reading, 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 reading. Mm-hmm. And I have a reading list that I've now been sharing with OTs that are interested in trauma-informed OT mm-hmm. and trauma-responsive OT and what that needs to look like. Look like. So I, it was funny when I had the request for my book list. It's like, oh, I am a nerd. I am like a top-notch nerd when people are requesting. My mom used to say, marry the nerds. <laughs> Way back when I was a teen, oh, marry the nerds. And become one too, or own your inner nerd. Right. So I probably should put together another list like that that's just for the entrepreneur and finance and all of those books that I've read mm-hmm. the last couple of years to get my MBA and just the podcast too, because that is, um, I've had to push myself into doing more yoga again because even when I'm at the gym, I'm like, I'm supposed to be taking care of my physical self here. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to podcasts. Like, why is Michael Hyatt talking to me while I'm doing the leg press machine? And I'm taking notes on my phone. I was like, this is not so right. true. I take notes on my Peloton. <laughs> I do. I actually just put my phone there. I'm like, every time I don't bring my phone, I'm like, darn it, I have all these great ideas that are sussing through my brain. And then I think, but it's self-care time, Trish. And then when I do bring my phone, I'm always kind of happy. But then just like you said, am I supposed to be doing this? I don't know. I'm in charge of me. So I guess so. But (laughs) So what are some that rise to the top for you in terms of books or podcasts? You want me to open up my drawer real quick so I can look at my book? Go for it. We've had an issue with the microphone. So I've encouraged Erica to lean quite forward for her audio. So there, that's the comment she's making because she had this great setup of her notes in her lap and her notes in her drawer, which I made her abandon. Well, okay. invited her to abandon. How about? Okay. So one that got a whole page in my dream journal. Oh, that's the, a big deal. I know, a whole page. Was the Entrepreneurial Leap book, which, um, who is that? Know. You don't know that one? I don't and think I don't so. Know, the Big anything. Leap. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a big book. I told you about that book. Well, I love it. I it's an amazing book. I've read it in audio and I have the print version. So I've went back and looked at that one again and I really love it. And it's actually part of family discussion at our house, which is hilarious oh. because he talks about, do you have entrepreneurial genetics? Yeah. And so I have the list written down. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. So I have a very precocious 10-year-old. You very much do. I cannot be a true entrepreneur because I'm not a risk taker. And the, the last time she told me this, we were on a thousand mile road trip to pick up a camper that I impulse purchased off the internet. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm like, we were paddleboarding in a lake in Idaho and you're like criticizing my, my genetics here. So... And- it's, it's hilarious that I have talked about this and looked at this enough that my children are now talking about this book. So I, I love, 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 love that one. Let's say who, who's next traction. Yeah. That's another one of my favorites. Whole page traction. I got a whole page. I've actually worked, um, printed off a bunch of the things from the internet on that one. I have yeah, me too. 
saved on my computer for that one. And that's a great one that you talk about just with the goals and writing things down because I, I went through and made like his little system. I've got these pages and I pull it up three months later. I'm like, oh, well, I hit my one-year goal at three months. So I've got to revise this. Totally. System. But I love traction. And then what else? Think like a monk. Isn't that Jay Shetty? I've had it in my cart for a while and I haven't bought it. What did you love about it? I, I, I probably, I didn't love it because it made me like be calmer and that's not my super strength. Yeah, no. not Part of me. So I love just those ideas. And one of the ones that I wrote down was plant trees under whose shade you have no plans to sit. And I was like, that's kind of work right there, isn't it? Isn't that Mm. what we're planting even like with our businesses? Mm. There's so many trees being planted. I will never see them grow. Mm. So I, you know, I put a business and kind of team and therapy mindset on that too. But well, and tree is a big part of your logo. Roots, 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 roots. All right. Mm -hmm. Business made simple. I listen to podcasts. I read books. Like I feel like I'm in their family, but I'm not. What else did I read this year? One more. Talk about one more. The psychology of money. I don't think I've read that one. Who's the author? Do you know? I have Morgan Housel written underneath here. I don't know it. We can, we can link to it. I love and those kinds of books, but I haven't, I don't think I've either heard of that one and forgotten, but it's not front of mind. So that one was really great for me because I feel like I had so much mindset stuff to do around that. I had a stay-at-home mom. I had a dad that worked for the government for 25 years, you know, thinking about money in a different way and how we can use it as a tool and just letting go of things and letting go of your ego around it, all of that. I think that I needed to work on that a lot. And I think probably a lot of people who are helpers yeah. probably need to work on that a lot. And even thinking about wealth in there, they talk about wealth being the uh, ability to wake up every day and do what, and do what you want. Yeah. Like what kind of wealth is that? So I don't know. Freedom. I sit I tons of journaling and I just read and read and read and read and read, but I do. I just have a big fat book of lists that have really contributed to all the changes that I've made in everything in the past. Yeah. Thanks for sharing those. I I love to hear that. And we will link to those below for sure. Okay. As we are wrapping things up, Erica, we're going to go to the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? We're not ready. Okay. Okay. What is your biggest, I mean, we might've covered this actually. What is your biggest personal splurge? Gosh, I don't even know that I can narrow that down. I, I sent a text to someone the other day and I was like, I'm spending a ridiculous amount of money, but I've been so deep in the trenches with kids and daycare and, you know, after school care and all of that for so long that there just hasn't been any extra ever, you know, cars and all of that. So I don't know about a secondary camper last week. That seems a little bit crazy, but I really spent a lot of money on myself for the last two years, just in general, like I get my nails done. I'm going for a massage on Friday, which I actually haven't done. I don't know. I used to go once a month before I had kids. And I was like, that's, that needs to get back on the table. That's what I'm hold for. Ha ha. Massage joke. <laughs> Thank you. Took it off the table for 15 years. It's got to yep. get back. On. So that kind of thing. I don't even nice active wear, which is ridiculous, but Mm -hmm. we wear kind of athleisure to the office because Mm -hmm. of what we're doing. So even making sure that that's quality stuff that you don't look like garbage after climbing around on the floor for the afternoon or doing whatever you're doing. So I think all sorts of personal and I business splurge that as well, because I'm like, if I like these pants and buying these $90 pants for my whole team. So good. (laughs) That's so great, Erica. I love that you have that availability. (laughs) Perfect. um, Personal splurge that so I mean just little things like that. I I feel like every single bit of that is splurging, but business related, I think the educational piece for my team is huge. Mm -hmm. 
And I just sent four of them to the Star Center down in Denver, Colorado. And that is a pricey course. It's a pricey investment. Three of them flew down. I mean, that was a big splurge. And I value that so much. I sent four to a training in another state earlier in the month. And then they come back from those and they give me like this list. Like I need these three new swings. I need these five books. I want to do this course next. I'm like, all right. Do it. Just knock yourself out. So, and that's part of the reason for just the goal of running the business well and making sure that it's profitable is that I don't say no and, or I don't say we have to wait or anything like that. Like if my team asks for something, I know that they are going to benefit from it. And so are their kiddos. And so is our community. So mm-hmm. knock yourselves out here. We have a joint Amazon list at this point in time, and they just put whatever they want on there and I come around to it. That's great. Okay. What paid and unpaid help do you have in your life and in the business? I just hired back a twice a month housekeeper for the first time in two years since my dog bit the last one. Opal? Not Opal Dandelion. No, okay. I didn't think so. Blind death one. It wasn't. Okay. A, it's not I guess unpaid help probably is my husband. If we're going to be real honest, I am not a shopper. I am not a peopler like out in public, we don't need me to go to four stores. There could be felonies. So he <laughs> handles a ton of that kind of thing. School supply run, grocery shopping, all of that kind of thing. He's my unpaid help for doing all of those kinds of things that I'm not geared for. You know, bookkeeper, accountant, lawyer, just that they're all, they're all paid. Right. And I'm okay with it. And no apologies because it's not your zone of genius. It's not my zone of genius. And I mess up. Like if I try to do those things, I mess up. And I heard the best quote from a lawyer this week. She's like, DIY legal is going to cost you a lot in the long run. I'm like, it is. It has. So has DIY QuickBooks and DIY CPA. Like, no, just, just pay the people their money. It will save you money in the long haul. I love it. What a great, she's got a good marketing campaign with that one. Yeah. Okay, if I could wave my magic wand and put seven figures into your business right now, what would you spend it on? I go back and forth on owning the space that we're in. Mm. I find out tomorrow if we're leasing a fourth suite in this complex that we're in, and they're fabulous. They, I mean, they come and change my light bulbs. They, they, right. they really do anything and everything. I call them and they just show up. They're magical and they're super great people. So I do love that they, you know, do the snow. If something breaks, like I can run away for two and a half weeks and I don't have to worry about this physical space because Beautiful. it's a great team. But is it ideal for what we're doing? It's not ideal. So let's get crazy and let's say that we buy five acres in Costa Rica with a main house and four little houses and then a commons area for classes and yoga and retreaty kind of stuff. How about that instead? Perfect. And you know what? I'm not the judge of it. (laughs) I love it. Is it in the big book? Is it in the big book? Mm -hmm. Like three places. Okay, good. Well, thank you so very much on joining us today. I feel as though, you know, getting you in front of people is so important because you're such a model of how one can shift from that working in your business to working on your business. Eric is taking a photo of us right now. (laughs) And I just want to say thank you again for bringing, you know, your giant brain and your giant heart and your giant spirit and all the vulnerability it takes to talk about this topic on the podcast. So why don't we leave with, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? 
we have Facebook accounts, Wild Roots Therapy Facebook, and then we have an Instagram account, which is really taking an interesting shift, actually, in the, as I put more of a CEO hat on and less of a yep. hat on. That's been interesting to kind of watch. I was like, hmm, okay. And then wildrootstherapy.org is our website, and it's fairly up to date. We make make a work at that, but we're not, uh, I mean, we're not super, I wouldn't say we're super active on media stuff. So. I do. Yeah. If, if people are interested in the CEO concept, I would say they should follow you on IG because that's exactly, I think, where you're starting to pour more of your CEO brain into IG. And it's 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 great. I'm trying to get my young staff to do a Wild Roots TikTok. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I'm trying to get them to do, we have a YouTube, it has like four little activities on it, or my kids actually. And we're, I'm trying to get them to commit to that. We'll see how that goes. I'm like, who does, we need a Wild Roots TikTok. That's where all the moms of our clients are. Completely. So if you're going to give a 15 second tip. Exactly. There's a marketing tip right for you for season two. Okay. Thanks for coming on, Erica. It's been a treat. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you have feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.